The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. If you could see what I once was If you could go with me Back to where I started from Then I know you would see A miracle of love chapter chapter 2 if you have your Bibles with you. In Christ, we see the greatest example of a servant. Philippians chapter 2 in verse 1. There be therefore any consolation in Christ if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. Let's bow in prayer. Father, what an example Your Son is to us. How often we strive with one another. How often we are so selfish. How often we don't have the mind of Christ the way we should. And I pray, God, through this time, Lord, that You'd help us to truly see ourselves. Spirit of the living God, Fall fresh on me and speak to your people. I pray if there be one in this, in this audience that does not know Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, today would be the day they would know Him. Whom to know is life everlasting. Now bless this time and may the name of Jesus Christ be glorified. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Philippians, one of my favorite books. As I look at some of my older Bibles, and see where the pages are the most worn. Probably Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians are the three books in the Bible that I probably went to the most and heard sermons from the most. But here in the book of Philippians, we see this is a prison epistle. Paul, after four years of languishing in a prison, waiting for news from Nero, what was going to happen, is writing a letter, not a letter of woe or sorrow or sadness, but the theme of the book of Philippians is joy. 
Now, could that be said of us? We're in a prison for four years waiting on a decision. What is going to happen to me? And I get to write a letter. What am I going to say? He's going to say things like these things. He's going to say, you can have a life. You can choose a life of joy. And as Pastor mentioned last week, one of the characteristics of the millennium is joy. And that is Jesus, others, and you. I'm so thankful. When I was at Bob Jones University, Dr. Bob Jones III would oftentimes encourage us who are going to graduate soon to get out and serve. It is easy to be a Christian in Greenville, South Carolina because there's so many churches. The last time I heard there was 350 Baptist churches in Greenville, South Carolina. You could almost throw a rock and hit a Baptist church there. <clears throat> They're everywhere. I'm, I was from there. I was raised seven minutes from the, from the gates of Bob Jones University. <clears throat> and it's easy, easy to be a Christian there because you have so many places you can go and things you can do and be around Christians so readily, so easily. But his, his, his uh, encouragement for us as graduates was to go, to go and to serve. The question is, how can we be Christ-like servants? First of all, this morning, if we're going to be Christ-like servants, we must mutilate strife. We must choose to destroy strife in our life. Look at verse 2. We must be like-minded. Verse 2, fulfill you my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. The Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 3, it is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be a meddling. Ever known a, ever known a meddler? Ever known someone that likes to stir up the pot a little bit, stir up strife? In Proverbs 17, 19, He loveth transgression that loveth strife. Brothers and sisters, loving, living in strife is no life. Living in strife is no life. I often have the opportunity to do marriage counseling. When I see a husband and wife who are arguing and fighting and striving, ooh, that's not much of a life. It's not much of a life. Instead, the Bible says in Psalms 133, verse 1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We're to, we're to seek peace and pursue it. That's, it's stated that way in the Old Testament, also in the New. To seek peace in the New Testament it means to ensue it, to pursue it, to seek after it. As much as lieth within us, live, live peaceably with all men. Now, sometimes that's impossible, I understand. But as much as possible, we ought to be known as peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said, for they shall be called the children of God. Oh, I want to be a peacemaker. I don't want us to be someone who's stirring up stuff, who's meddling, who's always striving, who's always squabbling. Why did Paul write these words? Well, because there was a problem in the church. Paul from prison is writing because two sisters 
two prominent sisters in the church were, were arguing, were fighting with one another. We find it in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. I beseech Odeus, what a name, and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. He's writing from prison and said, ladies, ladies, sisters in Christ, don't squabble. Don't be sissy Christians. We expect babies to whine. We expect babies to cry. We expect babies to be sad and, and never happy sometimes, seems like. But mature, prominent ladies in the church, don't be critical. Be spiritual. What is known of a spiritual person? Peace. Unity. Love. Those are characteristics of a spiritual person. I love this quote that I found this week by Dr. Paul Chapel of West Coast Baptist College and Lancaster Baptist Church. He said this, now listen. He said, carnal people make small problems big, but spiritual people make big problems small. Oh. Let those words sink down into your ears. Let me ask you a question this last, this last month. Have you made small problems big or big problems small? In your home? At your workplace? In your church? How about you? Would your life this last month be characterized as a spiritual person because you're seeking peace? Or would be known as a carnal person because you're striving, you're squabbling? question we all have to ask ourselves. We must be like-minded, not only like-minded, we must be lowly-minded. It says there in chapter 3, verse A, uh, a let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. What is that phrase, lowliness of mind? Basically, humility of mind. What is the opposite of humility? Pride. We know the verse well, Proverbs 13, 10, only by pride cometh contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Romans 12, 3, But I say through the grace of God given to me, to every man that is among you, to think, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. What happens in our life? Well, when I get focused on me, my eye gets focused wrongly on other people. When I am not right, my relationship with God is not right, then what happens is my eye gets critical towards other people. And what do I have to do? I have to refocus and get my eye off of me and get my eye on Christ. I got to go back to go back to Calvary and say, Lord, look what you've done for me. Look what you did for me, that you died, that you were willing to sacrifice, that you're willing to be a servant. For me, instead of focusing on me, I get a heart and a, and a desire for we, for others. Oh, brothers and sisters in Christ, if we want to be a servant, if we want to live for God, we have to mutilate strife in our lives. Is there strife in your life with someone else? <clears throat> What's the reason for that? Are you willing to go and do what you can, while you can, to put that strife, to put those differences. I'm not saying compromise. I'm not saying we, we don't stand up for the truth. Hey, I, I, I like the spirit of a fighting fundamentalist, but sometimes we fight when we don't need to fight. 
Sometimes we fight when we don't mean to fight. <clears throat> is the characteristic of your life strife, selfishness, or is the characteristic of your life a servant? But not only must we mutilate strife, secondly, we see in this passage, we must master self. We must master self. There in chapter 2, verse 3, let, let's each esteem other better than themselves. Ooh. That's not easy, is it? To esteem, to regard someone better than yourself? The old Moody said, the man I fear the most is the one who walks underneath this hat. My greatest enemy is not the devil. My greatest enemy is Marty Moon. The man I see every morning in the mirror is my greatest enemy. Just a few days ago, I was up at Walmart. I don't even know why I was there getting something because it's just it's right there now. <laughs> On my way home, <laughs> on my way to work. It's just convenient. I just stop by. I don't even know why. I just do. <laughs> but waiting so long. <laughs> there it is. I get out of my car, and as soon as I get out of the car, I see this gentleman, and he's and I see a, a, a lady in the in the car. It's a beat up old car. Uh, the lady's look look like she's been you know just wore out, tired. A child there beside her, and he comes out and he says, "Sir." He says, sir, I, I, I need something. I'm, and i like, oh. Bad Moon comes out. Bad Moon says, don't ignore, go to Walmart. <laughs> this is, you know, you did your eight hours of being preacher, pastor, Marty. You're off. Now go be uh, somebody else. <laughs> That's what Bad Moon says. The other side of me says, you say you're a Christian? You're supposed to be a preacher. What type of preacher are you to, to ignore somebody who has a need? What if that were you and your wife and kid? Oh, he got me with that one. So I stopped and I listened. He was from out of town. He needed help. So I gave him the gospel and I gave him, got him a night stay at a, at a uh, hotel up the road. But isn't that where we struggle? That choice, that decision that comes to us. What am I going to do in those moments where my, where my flesh wants to do what it wants to do, but yet I know the Holy Spirit, God, wants me to do something else? What do I choose to do in those moments? Those moments define what type of Christian I truly am. I can get up here and preach to you, live like Jesus, serve like Jesus, but if I don't live it, what type of person am I? What type of preacher am I? We don't only speak you, we must live it. We must mutilate strife. We must master self. Peter struggled with self, didn't he? Remember, after Jesus rose again from the dead, was on earth 40 days, and then he saw the Peter, he went back a fishing. They went fishing. Jesus calls them in, tells them to come and dine. They ate the fish. He says to him, ask questions three times to Peter, do you love me? What does Peter do? After, after, after saying that he's, yes, I love you, I love you. We know the two different uh, loves there. The one that's, I love you as a friend. And Jesus is saying, do you really love me? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing, willing to die for me? And then in the midst of all that, right after that, in John chapter 21, the Bible says, then Peter turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, he said this to the Lord, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter saying 
seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and, and what shall this man do? He's looking at John and said, Jesus, what about John? What, what's John going to do? And I love what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, if I, will t- if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Peter, follow thou me. Don't get so consumed with what other people are doing. Peter, you follow me. You know what we get consumed sometimes? We get consumed with comparing ourselves with other people. We get consumed with comparing ourselves to what other people do. And we look at others and they become our spiritual barometer. You know what the Bible says about that? In 2 Corinthians 10, 12, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. It's not wise to look around and say, well, that sister does something and they do something or they don't do that or they do that. No, 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 no. I'm not comparing myself with you. I want to compare myself with Christ and the Word of God. This is the standard that Jesus is going to look at my life and i got to give an account of. Your brothers and sisters, let's don't compare. There's the, there's the enemy we have, the enemy of elevation, but not only that, the enemy of ego. Verse 4 says, look not even every man on his own thing. One of the great examples we get throughout the Bible, this principle of not looking on our own things. John the Baptist was a great example of this. Remember, after Jesus had come, Many of his disciples, his followers, left him. All these people were following him. Now Jesus, Jesus arrives on the scene, and now they're following him. And they came to him and said, look what they're doing. They're leaving you. They're following him. I love the response of John the Baptist. In John chapter 3, verse 29, he said, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but, he, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth in hearing him rejoiceth greatly because the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, therefore, is fulfilled. He said, I'm glad. I'm glad. This is the reason why I'm here. My joy is fulfilled. The bridegroom has come. He's here. This is why I was called to do this. I love the, those next words in John chapter 3, verse 30. Those are the words that ought to be echoing in our own lives. He must increase, but I must decrease. Oh, if that be the theme of our lives. Marty Moon must decrease. My desires, my wants, my dreams, my plans, my goals, my me. I must decrease. Jesus Christ must increase. Is He increasing or decreasing in your life? Has He increased or decreased in your life this past year? Is there more of you? Are you walking more in the flesh this past year? Are you walking more in the Spirit? Is he increasing or is he decreasing? The the enemy of ego, but not only that, we see the enemy of evasion. Sometimes, in the midst of our selfishness, it's easy not to look at the accomplishments of everybody else. It says in in this here in chapter chapter 2, verse 4, part B, but every man also on the things of others. We see what other people are doing. We don't get so consumed about what we're doing, but we see what other people are doing. I love a great definition I 
I heard once, it said, humility is the ability to see God's hand in another person's life and applaud. The ability to see God working, God blessing someone else and say, aren't we supposed to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice? Are we supposed to see, hey, praise God, that guy got a promotion. Oh, you dirty rascal. (laughs) That guy got a raise. That guy gets to go to that place I always wanted to go there, you no good. Oh, praise God. Praise God. I rejoice with you, brother. I'm glad with you, brother. Instead of envying and getting upset and get mad, we should be glad. We should be glad. Elijah, after running away from Jezebel, so consumed with his discouragement, so consumed with this wicked woman, and got involved in his own self-pity, wanted to quit, but he didn't realize there were 7,000 followers of Christ that had not bowed down to Baal. Don't get consumed in self-pity thinking, I'm the only one going through this. Brother and sister, you are not. You are not. That is one of the devil's greatest lies. I'm the only one who understands. I'm the only one who's ever gone through this. Folks, no. You have a heavenly high priest who loves you and understands you and wants to help you in your time of sorrow and your time of need. Martha was so consumed with being busy, serving, that she didn't appreciate her sister there spending time with Christ. Instead of, Lord Jesus, can't you see? I'm so busy. Tell, tell Mary to come help me. No, it should have been, oh, I'm so glad my sister had time to spend with the Lord. I'm glad to do the dishes. I look at what Ronald Reagan said. He said, it would be amazing what would happen in our lives if we did not care who got the credit. Guys, you know what? There's a cause that's a whole lot bigger than who gets the credit. There's men and women, boys and girls, dying without Jesus Christ. There's a cause that's big. It's huge. It's humongous. It doesn't matter who gets the applause or who gets the promo or who gets the promotion. The matter, what matters is Christ is exalted and the gospel is given to every creature while there is time. While there's time. Because there's a time coming. The night cometh when no man can work. And that day may be the day. The day may be the last time I get behind this pulpit and preach the word of God and tell folks that Jesus saves. I'm looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker. How about you? I'm looking for Jesus to come today. <clears throat> oh, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if we're going to be Christ-like servants, we must, we must mutilate strife. We must master self. But thirdly, maybe most importantly, we must have the mind of Christ. We must have the mind of Christ. Look at verse 5 again. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Ooh. 2 Peter 1.4 Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Praise God for that. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In Christ, I've escaped the old life. 
I've escaped the old corruption. I've escaped the past because positionally now I am in Christ. Praise God for that. Oh, I must have the mind of Christ. The more time I spend with my wife, the more time I understand her, the more time, the more I know her needs, the more I know her likes, the more I know her dislikes, what she likes to eat, what she does not like to eat, where she likes me to go, where she does not like me to go. And she's in the nursery right now. The more time I spend with my Lord, the more time I dwell with Him, the more time I hear His Word preached, the more time I, I, I hear sermons or, 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 or messages or, or memorize Scripture or dwell with Him, the more I know Him. The more I know His likes, the more I know His dislikes, the more I know His wants, I know, the more I know what He does not want me to do. Oh, I must have the mind of Christ. I must have a harmonious mind. Is your, is your mind in harmony with the Lord? Not only that, I must have a humble mind. Verse 6, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Wow. What a verse. But made himself of no reputation. This is the incarnation. Great doctrine. One of the cardinal doctors of the Christian faith. Incarnation. It's a Christological gem. Perhaps the greatest gem in all the Bible. That God would send His Son to die for me, that God would become flesh for me, to die for me, to rise again for me, so that I could have the opportunity to have everlasting life. God, for me, in heaven, praised, worshipped, now to be in this life, in this flesh, among these people, to be rejected, and to know the purpose for His coming was not, was not to be praised, but to be rejected and to die so that I could have and you can have and whosoever who calleth on the name of the Lord could have everlasting life. Thank God for the incarnation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, 1 Peter 5, 6 says now, humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Jesus chose to humble Himself. And if the Lord of lords and King of kings would choose to humble Himself, how can we not choose to humble ourselves? It's a choice. It's a decision that we must make. Either I'm going to humble myself or I'm not. But the great example is Christ. He chose. And if He can chose, choose, then how can I not choose? I must have a harmonious mind. I must have a humble mind. But if I have those two, I can have a helpful mind. And in verse 8, 7b, verse 8, and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. What type of death? An easy death? A simple death? No, even the death of the cross. He did that for me. I like what the Bible says. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. 
He gave His life. He ransomed His life for many so that many could be saved. Oh, dear brother and sister in Christ, what a Savior we have. What a servant. What a pattern that we should follow. I close with this illustration. Dr. David Gibbs gives the illustration, the story of the man who fell among thieves. The story of the, the Good Samaritan. And he says in his story that sometimes people spend their life beating people up. And the man who was on the road to Jericho got beat up. And sometimes people just spend their life just beating people up because that's just what they do. And some people spend their time passing people up, like that priest did, Levite, just passing people up. They see people, and they see people hurting, and they see people with problems, but they don't want to invest their lives. They don't want to spend the time. They don't want to give their talent. They don't want to give their time. They don't want to give their treasure. So they just pass them up. Some people spend their time beating people up. Some people spend their time passing people up. And there's a few people in this world who spend their time helping people up. I'm going to ask you the question. Which one are you? Which one are you? Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I thank you for the pattern that you provided for each one of us. In this holy moment, Lord, may we make a decision, each one of us who are blood-bought, each one of us who say that we know Jesus Christ is our personal Savior, May we make a decision, Lord, to mutilate strife in our life, to master self. May we make a decision to have the mind of Christ. May we choose those things that we ought to do and should do. Not tomorrow or next week or someday, but may we choose them today to be like Christ. It's simple a choice. Father, I pray that you speak to hearts that you'd help us to know and to do your will. We thank you for your word. Now help us simply to obey it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just a sinner saved by grace When I stood condemned to death He took my place Now I live and breathe in freedom With each breath of life I take I'm loved and forgiven Back with the living I'm just Be
gently to this place I'm here to say I'm nothing but a sinner 